section twelve part one chapter two continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain carl's sons now four in number used to circle around their grandparent like a humble chorus kept at a distance and stared enviously at these gifts in order to win his favor they one day when they saw him alone came boldly up to him shouting in unison down with napoleon you insolent gringos ranted the old man that's what that shameless father has taught you if you say that again i'll chase you with a cat o nine tails the very idea of insulting a great man in that way while he tolerated this blonde brood he never would permit the slightest intimacy desnoyers and his wife often had to come to their rescue accusing the grandfather of injustice and in order to pour the vials of his wrath out on someone the old plainsman would hunt up celedonio the best of his listeners who invariably replied yes patron that's so patron they're not to blame agreed the old man but i can't abide them besides they are so like their father so fair with hair like a shredded carrot and the two oldest wearing specks as if they were court clerks they don't seem like folks with those glasses they look like sharks madariaga had never seen any sharks but he imagined them without knowing why with round glassy eyes like the bottoms of bottles by the time he was eight years old julio was a famous little equestrian to horse peoncito his grandfather would cry and away they would race streaking like lightning across the fields midst thousands and thousands of horned herds the peoncito proud of his title obeyed the master in everything and so learned to whirl the lasso over the steers leaving them bound and conquered upon making his pony take a deep ditch or creep along the edge of the cliffs he sometimes fell under his mount but clambered up gamely ah fine cowboy exclaimed the grandfather bursting with pride in his exploits here are five dollars for you to give a handkerchief to some china the old man in his increasing mental confusion did not gauge his gifts exactly with the lad's years and the infantile horseman while keeping the money was wondering what china was referred to and why he should make her a present desnoyers finally had to drag his son away from the baleful teachings of his grandfather it was simply useless to have masters come to the house or to send julio to the country school madariaga would always steal his grandson away and then they would scour the plains together so when the boy was eleven years old his father placed him in a big school in the capital the grandfather then turned his attention to julio's three-year-old sister exhibiting her before him as he had her brother as he took her from ranch to ranch everybody called chicha's little girl chichi but the grandfather bestowed on her the same nickname that he had given her brother the peoncito and chichi who was growing up wild vigorous and wilful breakfasting on meat and talking in her sleep of roast beef readily fell in with the old man's tastes she was dressed like a boy rode astride like a man and in order to win her grandfather's praises as fine cowboy carried a knife in the back of her belt 
the two raced in the fields from sun to sun madariaga following the flying pigtail of the little amazon as though it were a flag when nine years old she too could lasso the cattle with much dexterity what most irritated the ranchman was that his family would remember his age he received as insults his son-in-law's counsels to remain quietly at home becoming more aggressive and reckless as he advanced in years exaggerating his activity as if he wished to drive death away he accepted no help except from his harum scarum peoncito when carl's children great hulking youngsters hastened to his assistance and offered to hold his stirrup he would repel them with snorts of indignation so you think i'm no longer able to help myself eh there's still enough life in me to make those who are waiting for me to die so as to grab my dollars chew their disappointment a long while yet since the german and his wife were kept pointedly apart from the family life they had to put up with these allusions in silence carl needing protection constantly shadowed the frenchman improving every opportunity to overwhelm him with his eulogies he never could thank him enough for all that he had done for him he was his only champion he longed for a chance to prove his gratitude to die for him if necessary his wife admired him with enthusiasm as the most gifted knight in the world and desnoyers received their devotion in gratified silence accepting the german as an excellent comrade as he controlled absolutely the family fortune he aided karl very generously without arousing the resentment of the old man he also took the initiative in bringing about the realization of karl's pet ambition a visit to the fatherland so many years in america for the very reason that desnoyers himself had no desire to return to europe he wished to facilitate karl's trip and gave him the means to make the journey with his entire family the father-in-law had no curiosity as to who paid the expenses let them go he said gleefully and may they never return their absence was not a very long one for they spent their year's allowance in three months karl who had apprised his parents of the great fortune which his marriage had brought him wished to make an impression as a millionaire in full enjoyment of his riches elena returned radiant speaking with pride of her relatives of the baron colonel of the hussars of the captain of the guard of the councillor at court asserting that all countries were most insignificant when compared with her husband's she even affected a certain condescension toward desnoyers praising him as a very worthy man but without ancient lineage or distinguished family and french besides karl on the other hand showed the same devotion as before keeping himself submissively in the background when his brother-in-law who had the keys of the cash-box and was his only defence against the brow-beating old patron he had left his two older sons in a school in germany years afterwards they reached an equal footing with the other grandchildren of the spaniard who always begrudged them their existence perfect frights with carroty hair and eyes like a shark suddenly the old man became very lonely 
for they had also carried off his second peoncito the good chicha could not tolerate her daughters growing up like a boy parading round on horseback all the time and glibly repeating her grandfather's vulgarities so she was now in a convent in the capital where the sisters had to battle valiantly in order to tame the mischievous rebellion of their wild little pupil when julio and chichi returned to the ranch for their vacations the grandfather again concentrated his fondness on the first as though the girl had merely been a substitute desnoyers was becoming indignant at his son's dissipated life he was no longer at college and his existence was that of a student in a rich family who makes up for parental parsimony with all sorts of imprudent borrowings but madariaga came to the defence of his grandson ah the fine cowboy seeing him again on the ranch he admired the dash of the good-looking youth testing his muscles in order to convince himself of their strength and making him to recount his nightly escapades as ringleader of a band of toughs in the capital he longed to go to buenos aires himself just to see the youngster in the midst of this gay wild life but alas he was not seventeen like his grandson he had already passed eighty come here you false prophet tell me how many children you have you must have a great many children you know father protested chicha who was always hanging around fearing her parents bad teachings stop nagging at me yelled the irate old fellow in a towering temper i know what i'm saying paternity figured largely in all his amorous fancies he was almost blind and the loss of his sight was accompanied by an increasing mental upset his crazy senility took on a lewd character expressing itself in language which scandalized or amused the community oh you rascal what a pretty fellow you are he said leering at julio with eyes which could no longer distinguish things except in a shadowy way you are the living image of my poor dead wife have a good time for grandpa is always here with his money if you could only count on what your father gives you you would live like a hermit these frenchies are a close-fisted lot but i am looking out for you peoncito spend and enjoy yourself that's what your granddaddy has piled up the silver for when the desnoyers children returned to the capital he spent his lonesome hours in going from ranch to ranch a young half-breed would set the water for his shrub tea to boiling on the hearth and the old man would wonder confusedly if she were his daughter another fifteen years old would offer him a gourd filled with the bitter liquid and a silver pipe with which to sip it a grandchild perhaps he wasn't sure and so he passed the afternoon silent and sluggish drinking gourd after gourd of shrub tea surrounded by families who stared at him with admiration and fear every time he mounted his horse for these excursions his older daughter would protest at eighty-four years would it not be better for him to remain quietly at home some day something terrible would happen and the terrible thing did happen one evening the patron's horse came slowly home without its rider the old man had fallen on the sloping highway and when they found him he was dead thus died the centaur as he had lived with the lash hanging from his wrist with his legs bowed by the saddle a span 
spanish notary almost as old as he produced the will the family was somewhat alarmed at seeing what a voluminous document it was what terrible bequests had madariaga dictated the reading of the first part tranquilized karl and elena the old father had left considerable more to the wife of desnoyers but there still remained an enormous share for the romantica and her children i do this he said in memory of my poor dead wife and so that people won't talk after this came eighty-six legacies eighty-five dark-hued individuals women and men who had lived on the ranch for many years as tenants and retainers were to receive the last paternal munificence of the old patriarch at the head of these was celedonio whom madariaga had greatly enriched in his lifetime for no heavier work than listening to him and repeating that's so patron that's true more than a million dollars were represented by these bequests in lands and herds the one who completed the list of beneficiaries was julio desnoyers the grandfather had made special mention of this namesake leaving him a plantation to meet his private expenses making up for that which his father would not give him but that represents hundreds of thousands of dollars protested karl who had been making himself almost obnoxious in his efforts to assure himself that his wife had not been overlooked in the will the days following the reading of this will were very trying ones for the family elena and her children kept looking at the other group as though they had just waked up contemplating them in an entirely new light they seemed to forget what they were going to receive in their envy of the much larger share of their relatives desnoyers benevolent and conciliatory had a plan an expert in administrative affairs he realized that the distribution among the heirs was going to double the expenses without increasing the income he was calculating besides the complications and disbursements necessary for a judicial division of nine immense ranches hundreds of thousands of cattle deposits in the banks houses in the city and debts to collect would it not be better for them all to continue living as before had they not lived most peaceably as a united family the german received this suggestion by drawing himself up haughtily no to each one should be given what was his let each live in his own sphere he wished to establish himself in europe spending his wealth freely there it was necessary for him to return to his world as they looked squarely at each other desnoyers saw an unknown karl a karl whose existence he had never suspected when he was under his protection timid and servile the frenchman too was beginning to see things in a new light very well he assented let each take his own that seems fair to me end of section twelve recording by tony oliva albuquerque new mexico